Welcome and thank you for joining us. Here at Calvary Chapel Eldoret, we believe in impacting and changing people's lives through the Bible, which is the only inspired and infallible Word of God. For more information, be sure to check out our website at ccelderet.org. That is ccelderet.org. And here is today's word. And before we, we read uh, that's what let us pray. Lord, we thank you. What a privilege we have as your people to publicly receive your word. We are asking your spirit to guide us and cause us to understand what it really means and how we ought to live and how we ought to conduct ourselves and how we ought to really relate with you and with one another. As we go through these verses this morning, we ask that you open our understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. And probably I would want want to ask us a few questions just to think about before we read uh, these verses. Many of you know God as the Father, or as a Savior, or as a provider. You know, we have so many things, a lot of, you know, names we can also mention in regards to who God is. But I would want to ask you, are you that close to him? Are you close to God? How is your time with him? Do you spend time with God? How is your pursuit of him? Can you live without him? I know you would say, yeah, I can't live without him. And I seek the Lord every day. And my time with him is in check. And that's why we are close. But is that the reality of what really happens in your heart, deep within? Is that what is happening? When when I got born again, and, you know, the Christian faith was so new to me, because I was pretty banged up. I was, uh, you know, drunkard and, you know, many things. And when I got born again, that was so refreshing to me that I wanted to attend every Bible study. I wanted to go to every prayer meeting. I wanted to be found in the church doing things. I would clean the whole church myself. I would clean the cables. I would do a lot of things without feeling, you know, without the hard feeling that why is that person not helping me? Why are they not coming for the prayer meeting? Why are they not doing this? I did that not minding my own business because I wanted to grow in the Lord. Because I wanted to cultivate a relationship with God. And sure enough, God is faithful. 
when you consistently seek after God, you consistently read his word, you consistently pray, God is faithful. And did you know that you can attain so much, yet you can be so far away from him? You can have so many things, but yet you're so far away from him. Many people have no consistent time with the Lord or it doesn't even exist. Or if it exists, it only exists in our lips. It's a lip service. It's a lip service. Yes, I love the Lord. Yes, I do this. Yes, I do that. But it's only a lip service. The moment when your heart is full and you have various needs accomplished, your heart really seeks other pleasures, but not God. We have seen it in so many people's lives. We think that when we are so full, we so, the material blessing translates to the hand of God upon us. And so we think we don't need God for anything. We are all sufficient. Is that what God requires from us? Maybe you can even get a lot of energy in the service of God. But it takes more than just reading and service to be nearer to him. Many people spend years and years and years in the service of God, yet they're so far away from him. How, how do I know that? Because I was one of them. Busy doing things in the kingdom of God. Busy singing. Busy going for evangelism. Busy even preparing for prayer meeting, preparing for Bible studies, encouraging people in the Lord, yet I'm so far away from it. Guard your hearts, friends, against the temptations of manufacturing a heart of ministry and miss a heart for Christ. We can do that easy. We can manufacture a heart of ministry. Yet, we are missing the heart of Christ. We can manufacture a love for the lost, yet missing the love for the Lord. This is what Augustine says, that our hearts are restless until they find rest in him. Our hearts are restless until we find our rest in Christ. And Luke writes this beautiful passage 
In Luke 11, it says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he seized that one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey. And I have nothing set before him. And he will answer from within, say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give you and give to you. I say to you, though, he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. And so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who seeks, receives and he who seeks find, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What a wonderful passage of Scripture. How it ends, you know, asking and this is basically asking of the Holy Spirit. But this story is amazing. This story is amazing that uh, the disciples came to Jesus, actually when he was praying. Then one of them said, hey, can you teach us how to pray? And this, we should know that it was not something that was new to the Jewish people, how to pray. They knew how to pray. They would pray in the morning, in the noontime, and in the evening. 
They would pray every other time before food and when, before they give alms and all these things. They knew that it was their responsibility to pray. But why are they asking Jesus to teach them how to pray? It is probably very different from the usual prayer they make. In the account of uh, Matthew, before he writes of the, uh, the Lord's Prayer, he says, hey, as you pray, don't be like the Pharisees who will stand at the city squares and yell out these prayers before people so that people will hear them. People will hear what they say and how eloquent they are. No, when you pray, go lock yourself in your closet. For he who hears you in the secret will reward you in the open. For those who are babbling on the streets, they have already received their reward. So don't be like them. Don't be like them. They say, Lord teaches how to pray. Teaches how to pray. So he said to them, when you pray, say. Now he's, he's not telling them like, hey, if you happen to pray, <laughs> if you happen to pray one time, this is what you ought to do. No. He says, when you pray. Why is he saying that? Because he expects them to continually pray. Praying every time. When you pray, say, our Father. Say, our Father. Now, this is not the usual way they're used to. They're probably not used to saying, hey, our Father. But what Jesus is trying to do to them is to try to cultivate a relationship with them and God. For when you realize that when you are speaking to our Father, there is a lot of freedom and liberty for you to approach him. Those who are parents know this. That when your children are coming to you, you know what they need. You know, little kids are pros on, you know, asking things. And if you don't, they throw tantrums so that you respond. But you know that whatever they are, you know, throwing tantrums about, it's not healthy for them. It's not something that is helpful for them. But nevertheless, they do that a lot. Why? Because they know their father will respond to them. Whatever happens, even when you discipline them, they still come and confide in you. You spank them, they still come and confide in you. Why? Because you are their father. Or you are the parent to say. 
It's more than just saying, hey, he's a redeemer, and he is. He's a savior, and he is. Have you thought of the fact that God is your father? I know we've said this many times, and we have sung it in songs, we have read it. But do we think about it? That God is our Father. Considering the thought of the creator of the universe being a father to you. And what he does, he's giving us faith like that one of a little child. You gave me faith like a child. He wants you to be vulnerable before him. He wants you to be honest before him. Because even before you pray, guess what? He knows it. Before your thought process, guess what? He knows it. It's not news that he's surprised that you can say that. No. God knows our needs before we pray. And the primary purpose of prayer is not to get something, but to be with someone. The primary purpose of prayer is not to get something, but to be with someone. And that is our God and our Father. And I've put out some things, probably like 11 of them that I want you to think about that are pulled from this scripture. He's teaching them, say, hey, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. You know what that means? That God has a 24 hours deal with us. You remember when he, he told the children of Israel, when he was giving them food, manna, say, pick only what is relevant for today, right? But because of our greed, because of our selfishness, we want to gather things for tomorrow and the next day and the next day. We never get enough. It is never enough for us. We want more. We want more. We want more. So what happened? If you gathered extra, tomorrow you wake up, it's gone bad. <laughs> you guys imagine how God works? Okay, these people, they don't have food. And he prepares good food, beef curry. <laughs> oh, man. Pork ribs for these people who don't even care. <laughs> he gives to them like, hey, enjoy as much as you can for today. So that I want you to trust me for the next day. And they take it, God prepares a meal, 
It comes when it's still warm because very cold food sometimes not very good. <laughs> he gives you good food. But when you disobey him, he makes the same food goes bad. Think about it. <laughs> he gives you today, and when you try to hide it for tomorrow, he makes that food goes bad. Why? He wants you to trust him. Give us today our daily bread. He has a 24-hour deal. You trust him today, you trust him tomorrow, you trust him the next day, every day. Learn to trust God, friends. Learn to trust God. Do not trust in your own ability. Yes, it is wise and good to, you know, to, to do a saving. But that does not mean you don't trust God. It does not mean that you just want to be greedy and get everything for yourself so that you can't trust God for tomorrow. The reason why we do that today is we don't want to get ourselves into the trouble of going on our knees to ask God for a daily bread. Do you think God is bothered by you asking? It's like, God, you, you have this many billions of people in the world. Can I spare you this asking for today? <laughs> Can we at least, this group here, spare the asking? Just give us for three days and we'll be fine. And as he concludes this model, this is not what he was actually telling them, you know, you'll be praying like this. This was a model to help them understand how they ought to pray. Because if you know that God is your father, then you'll have freedom to go to him at any time, at any time. You know, remember the, in, in the olden days, the, the people never approached God at a personal level. That this priest who is clothed with a long robe and, you know, all this adornment would walk right into the temple, go there to make a plea for the people, present your cases to God. You bring the animals, he does the, 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 the burning of the sacrifice for your sake. But guess what? When the curtains were torn into two, he said, hey, I am giving you the freedom to come to me boldly, not just in the morning, but at any time. Not just in the temple, but even in your closet in your house in your business premises, as you're walking, as you're going through your business as usual, you have the freedom to approach God because he's your father. Why do we call him a father? Because he's concerned with the affairs of his own people.
And he gives us a, a story of these buddies, of these friends. So these friends, they live in one, you know, neighborhood. And probably their doors were very close, like this door and that door and the other door, or they're just living close. And so one of them is visited with a friend, but he does not have a bread to offer his friend. He, he had two choices to make. It's either you tell your friend like, hey, it is in the middle of the night. I do not have bread in my house. Can we just sleep and figure it out in the morning? I mean, we are not going to die. It's just six hours, <laughs> you know. But customary, these people, they, were, they used to, um, you know, when guests would come to them, it was a polite way of welcoming their friends or their guests. They've been on a long journey and the, 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 the only thing you do when they arrive, welcome them, probably wash their feet and give them bread. And this one person doesn't have a bread. And his friend, who he knows has bread, is asleep. And it's in the middle of the night. And parents know this. We have these children that you try to take them to bed. It will take you probably one or two hours to get them to bed, to get them to sleep. And they, children are an amazing blessing and amazing creatures. You try to get them to sleep for an hour or two, and you try to lay them down. When you're letting your hands go, and their eyes are boop, boop. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> what you gonna do? Imagine trying to, you have taken your two hours trying to get them to sleep, and this guy comes at the door. Hey, Odi, can you wake up, please? I need some bread. I have a guest. <laughs> this guy will think of murder, think he will be a rageful human. You know, I've tried for hours to get them to sleep, and... This is what you do. And Jesus says to us here that perhaps he will not wake up and give to this guy bread because they are friends. Because now this friendship part has been messed up with. How do you do that? But the only reason he will wake up and give him as much as he can so that he doesn't wake him up again is because of his what? Persistence. Persistence. In, in simple times, what Jesus is saying, hey, you guys ought to pray and not to cease. Pray every time. 
And you would be wondering, so in this story, so who is God? <laughs> who is God? Is it the friend who visited? Is it this one? Or is it the one who is bothered? Who is God in this story? <laughs> but what is trying to make us to understand that God is not bothered when you go to him as many times as you can. And I'm thinking about this, you know, I'm probably out of town. And I call my wife, like, hey, how you doing? Like, um, I'm pretty tired um, because of the events of the day. And, you know, many things have happened today, but I don't want to bother you. Do you know the last thing I would want to say? Hey, please, don't bother me. Do you have anything else to say? <laughs> that bothering part, don't mind about it. That is the last thing you would want to say to your partner. I'd be like, hey, well, that is the reason why I call. Bother me with whatever botherment you, you have. <laughs> whatever thing you want to bother me with. Please come on, say it. That's why I'm here. That's why I have called you. But I'm thinking about this. You, you know, you say to your wife, I don't want to be bothered. <laughs> That's not good. It, it won't end up so good. But Jesus says, God is never tired. Pray and pray. So I say to you, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. And all these things, you don't do them one time. Continue seeking and you will find. Continue knocking and it will be open to you. You guys know how to give good gifts to your own children. Think about our Heavenly Father. Think about Him. What if you're asking of the Holy Spirit? Because asking of the material things, we, it's always in our mind to ask. But what if you ask of the Holy Spirit? Will He deny you? I don't think so. God delights in giving us wisdom, giving us proper understanding of his word. He does not deny us of the Holy Spirit, for it is the Holy Spirit that causes us to understand. And a few things that I pulled out from this part, the number one, that God is worthy. And that is why we would call him Father. That is why we would say, Hallowed be thy name. And number two, he is the coming king. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom. Come, let it be here as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come. He's a soon coming king. He's already come and 
he's coming again. He gives us daily bread. He gives us a daily bread and he wants us to trust him daily. He wants us to trust him daily. Trust him this morning, trust him tomorrow, trust him the next day. And do you know when you do that, it even cultivates a relationship because you'll always go to God for help. You do not depend on your own strength. And the next thing, he, give, he forgives our sins. What a wonderful God. What a wonderful Savior. He forgives us our sins. And what is the expectation too? That you also forgive those who are indebted to you. You remember the guy who was forgiven and he decided to go and charge one of his servants? He was not uh, being gentle. He was not being kind to them. Say, hey, because you have done this, you're going to spend your life in jail. What kind of person are you? You've been forgiven and you don't want to forgive? That is horrible. He forgives our sins. And number five, he leads our lives. And this is not to mean that he's, you know, he always leads us towards temptation. That is not what he does. He does not lead us into temptation. But he's watching us as he's leading us. He gives us the Holy Spirit to help us know the right way. He gives us the Holy Spirit to have discernment to know that this is the right way. This is not the right way. This is the narrow way that leads to the kingdom. This is the broad way that leads to destruction. He's given us the Holy Spirit to help us know this fact. He has all authority. Our Heavenly Father has all authority. And do you know the next thing? He is approachable. You can approach God. Did you know that? These things, they, they feel like they're very simple. But they're, yet they're very profound that you can approach God and tell him like, hey, God, this is what I'm going through. I know you already know it, but I want to say it again. I have tried with my own strength to stop drinking. I have tried, but the last issue doesn't go away. I have tried, but the way I look at people's husbands and wives is not good. I have tried with my own strength. This is not final, not good. Lord, Please help me. He likes those who are vulnerable. He likes those who will go sincerely to him, like says, Lord, I need you. He's approachable and he's all good. He's, he cannot be compared with our earthly fathers. Though they know how to give good gifts to their children, but he, they cannot be compared to our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father, He's all good. 
He is all wise and he is all loving. He's given us his Holy Spirit. What a wonderful God we serve. If then, if you then, being evil, <laughs> oh man, the evil people know how to give good gifts to their children. It says, if you, being evil, and I, I wonder what the, um, the disciple would be thinking. Like, what we asked for was you to teach us how to do what? How to pray. <laughs> Why is this rebuke kind of coming in? <laughs> you guys are evil. He knows our hearts. He says in Isaiah that our hearts are wicked. Beyond measure. Our hearts are wicked. He knows us. But he always wants us to come back to the Father. To cultivate a relationship with our God and with our maker. You know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. As I bring the worship team, I want you guys to think of this because when you have the Holy Spirit, he knows what you need. It means now your prayers will be in check. You won't pray amiss. James says what? That we do not receive because our asking is wrong. We ask amiss or we ask with bad intentions. But think about this. When you ask of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is poured into you, man, the things you will ask, you will ask for a revival in your own heart. You will ask for a revival, salvation in your own family. You will ask for a revival in this nation. It will change the perspective of your asking, the perspective of your needs will change. Why? Because you've, you've asked right. You've asked of the Holy Spirit. And he knows what you need. He's not a stranger to what you're going through. He's not a stranger to the condition of your heart. Father, teach us how to pray. How about you ask of the Holy Spirit today? 
How about you change the way you approach him? How about your life becomes consistent in seeking him? Think about it. Lord, we are thankful. Thankful for today. Thankful for the privilege that we have. That apart from just as wanting to know how to pray, you want us to have a relationship. Yes, we can repeat these words, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, but really, what is the condition of our hearts towards you? We bless your name, O oh God, for the provision of your word that we can learn from it that you really want a relationship. Not just bread, not just houses, but you want us to have a cultivated relationship. So we thank you, God. You gave your own son for us. And this morning as we give our offerings today, we ask that you bless the works of our hands. And may we give a glorifying percentage to your house and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's teaching. We hope that you've been inspired and blessed. For more teachings and other resources, visit our website at ccelderet.org or call us at 0718-012-496. That is 0718-012-496. See you next time.